Turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 28. Psalm 28. Under the title, The Lord My Strength and Shield. The Lord My Strength and Shield. This is, of course, a psalm of David. And thus far, we've preached through 27 psalms in the great Psalter of Israel. And tonight we look at Psalm 28, and if, you have, if you've ever worked to compare the psalms to each other, you'll find over and over again what I see so regularly, and that is two distinct themes which seem to occur with great regularity. And those two themes are prayer requests for various needs, whatever those needs may be, including especially for Yahweh to deliver His people from their enemies, and two, praises from the worshiper to Yahweh for His character and His greatness. You see those two themes repeated over and over and over again. Prayer requests from this one who is asking God to meet His or her needs, and praises from the worshiper. In this case, of course, so many of these early psalms are David's psalms, to praise Yahweh for His character and His greatness. And Psalm 28 is no different. Follows this very pattern of prayer requests to Yahweh for the critical needs that David has for Israel in general, and praises to Yahweh for His attributes, most especially His care for his people. And if you see that at the end of Psalm 28, when David says in verse 9, Oh, save your people and bless your heritage. That's a reference to Israel, of course. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. That's what David asks. And that is why he praises Yahweh, because he believes that Yahweh will care for his people. If we were to begin by seeing a two-point outline of Psalm 28, you would see in verses 1 to 5 those very prayer requests. They are listed right there in verses 1 to 5. And then you would see in verses 6 to 9, or at least verses 6 through 8, with 9 being sort of the, the champion verse of the whole of this psalm, sort of the uh, conclusion as it were, but you certainly see in verses 6, 7, and 8, Uh, these uh, praises that David gives. Out of the wellspring of the requests, knowing that Yahweh will answer him. So if you had a pencil and paper and you wanted to write an outline, it would be something like this. Number one, calls and cries for help. Calls and cries for help. It runs, as I said, through verses 1 through 5. And If you look first, you'll see in verses 1 and 2 these calls and cries for help. And I want you to notice the parallel pleas in these verses. Look at verse 1. David says, I call. And then look at the first part of verse 2. I cry. Now, it doesn't come across so much in English, but in the Hebrew text, these are intensives. These are very intense prayer requests on the part of David. We say, I call, I cry, and it sounds somewhat mundane, right? 
David might very well be saying something like this, I cry, I call, Lord. In fact, look at the latter part of verse 1. Be not deaf to me. I mean, if you've ever thought about talking to the deity like that, it's actually not a problem. You're not saying he's deaf. You're not saying he's unkind, that he's uncaring. What you're saying in this intensification is, I'm calling upon you, Lord, and I want you to listen. I don't want you to turn away from me. I don't want you to turn your head from my plea. Look at what he says in verse 2. Hear the voice of my pleas. He's pleading with the Lord. He's saying, in effect, I'm, I'm pleading with you that you will hear me and that you will respond to my call and my cry. This is a bold approach. He's going right into the throne room, right into the presence of the Almighty. And he's doing so not in a, a kind of um, overconfident way, or maybe he might be perceived by people to be saying something in a bit of a, a proud way or a, an arrogant way or a cocky way. Not at all. Not at all. This is just David saying, Lord, I intensely want you to know my heart. I want you to hear. I don't want you to turn your face away. I want you to hear the voice of my pleas. And so this is a bold approach. Here are his prayer requests. And what does he pray for? Well, he prays, number one, for refuge. Prays for refuge. That God would be his stronghold. In fact, Refuge is that idea of God, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. If you were embattled, whether it's literally in war, or you were spiritually going through something, and you were in this level of intensity in which you were crying out to God, you were calling upon His help, you were asking Him not to turn His face away, you would be asking Him for refuge. David, of course, as king and also, as it were, the general of the army, might literally be saying, Lord, we need you to deliver us from our enemies right now. But he doesn't stop there. He doesn't just say refuge. Notice he also says, I'm calling out to you for mercy. For mercy. You see the way he says it? To you, O Lord, I call my rock My deliverer, be not deaf to me, lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. No, here's what I'm doing. I'm asking you intensely to hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help. This is a bold prayer. This is an intense prayer. And he's asking for mercy. Do you remember that? penitent sinner in Luke 18 who was beating his breast saying, Lord, be merciful to me, the sinner. That's what David's saying. Be merciful to me. And then he cries for help. Notice what he says there in verse 2. I cry to you for help. Is, Is that where we go when we need help? There's a temptation for all of us, myself included, 
that when we need help, we pick up a phone or we go to a friend. We, we call upon someone who appears to us to be so tangible that I could reach out and touch them and they could give me a hug and, and they could hear what I'm saying and I go to them and I start talking with them and I can see the expressions on their faces and I can see the pathos in their look back to me. Oh, you must be hurting. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'll pray for you. Let's pray now. Nothing wrong with that at all. But if that's the first place we go, maybe that's not the best thing. Because the best thing is going right to the Lord. Even if when you go to Him by either bowing your head or even looking to the sky and you don't necessarily always see a figure or an outline of a person who has this pathos in his look, who has this concerned response in his mouth, who says, I'm so sorry, I want to come alongside you. That's where so many people, I think, short-circuit their prayer life because they call a lifeline from a friend when they should rather go to the Lord Himself, first and foremost. And nothing wrong with calling upon a counselor in a day of trouble. And as long as that counselor gives you the kind of help and hope from the Word of God, that's great. But go to the Lord first. And this is what David is doing. David wants to order his intense, prayerful heart of request through his bold approach by going right to the very throne room of Yahweh. How do we know that? Well, this is what he says. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy, verse 2, when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Or maybe another translation, your innermost sanctuary. And you know that reminds me of a couple of things. One of those is when he says, I lift up my hands. And that reminds me of 1 Timothy 2. Why don't you turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 2, and I want to show you this. This is also in the context of prayer, and this is a kind of sanctuary prayer, sanctuary in the sense that we are talking about the gathered people of God. If David is talking about going into your innermost sanctuary, he probably doesn't mean, of course, going into the very presence of God, because that's not what David was allowed to do at this point. He's probably talking about going into the sanctuary of God with the gathered people of God and asking God for answered prayer in the very presence of God with God's people. And that's actually what's happening in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Look at verse 1. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, 
who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. And this is the worship service. This is the gathered people of God. This is our proper worship. This is our praise. Verse 8, I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Lifting, lifting our hands. And notice the adjective there. It's not just lifting hands when we pray and praise God. It's lifting what kind of hands? Holy hands. In other words, I want the men when they pray in a church service to be holy when they pray. I want them to have holy hands. And this is what David says in Psalm 28. When I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. That's that's a kind of prayer request. It's a kind of bold approach to the holiness of God. To this God who I want to have my prayers answered from. That's also true of our mediator, Jesus himself, Hebrews chapter 4. This high priest, the great high priest, Jesus Christ himself, he is the great sympathizer with our needs. And when we come to him, it says that we can go into the very throne room of God the Father through Christ the high priest so that we can be granted grace to help in time of need. That's what David's asking for. This is, this is what he's saying. And if he was praying boldly, and if he was asking the Lord for things, what are the things for which he's asking? Look at verse 3. Do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. Give to them according to their work and according to the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the works of His hands. He will tear them down and build them up no more. Here's the specific request. David says to the Lord, to Yahweh Himself, deliver me from evil, hypocritical workers just as you give them what they deserve. I don't want to be a part of them. I'm not a part of them. They're going someplace where I don't want to go. And I'm asking you to deliver me and your people from them. How do I know that? Because of the verb there in verse 3. Do not drag me off with them. Don't, Don't drag me off with them. I know where they're going. And it's not going to be in a good place. So... Lord, drag me somewhere else. Take me with you. I want to abide with you. I want to be in your sanctuary. I don't want to be with them. And that's why he says in verse 4, Give to them according to their evil and what is due them. I mean, you can just contrast David's request here, his request for deliverance in these verses with the very backbone reason. Look at verse 5. Here's the reason. 
because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the work of His hands, He will tear them down and build them up no more. I love these Psalms. And I love the fact that David, knowing that he's a sinner, knowing that he's made huge blunders in his spiritual life, but here's a guy who says, when all is said and done, I want to be with you, not them. I want to be in your presence. I don't want to be with them. I know where they're going. And because they don't regard the works of the Lord or the work of His hands, I know He's going to tear them down ultimately. They'll be defeated eternally. And I want to be rescued from such a fate. I don't want to be around someone who doesn't regard the works of the Lord or the work of His hands. David was a godly man. And his heart was to fear Yahweh and to worship Him in His sanctuary. And he prays to God for sure deliverance, sure mercy, sure help, so that he would not be dragged off to a judgment that is reserved for those who are evil and who will be torn down eternally. And you know what? God answers His prayers. God answers His prayers. If you want to give a second outline point to the message, it's this, praises for Yahweh. Look at verses 6, 7, and 8. Blessed be the Lord. That's the answer to the prayer. Notice the uh, exclamation point. Notice that intensity again. Blessed be the Lord, for He has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. He asked for mercy in verse 2. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy. He has asked for help when I cry to you for help. Here is my plea. Blessed be the Lord. He has heard. Don't, my friends, ever let anybody tell you that God does not answer prayers. It's not so. Now, it has to be in line with His will. It has to be according to His purpose. But when you're in that rut, and you know what a rut is, don't you? A rut is a grave with both the ends kicked out. That's what a rut feels like, right? I feel like it's a grave where there's no outlet. There's no way to get out of this dilemma. Pray to the Lord. Ask the Lord. When you're at your lowest, look up to the highest. And that's what David does. And he says, he has heard the voice of my pleas. He he intensely prays for mercy and he gets the answer. Verse 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. Remember he says, you're my rock in verse 1. Don't don't be silent toward me. I don't want to be like those who go down to the pit. Don't drag me off there. The Lord answered him. And we don't know exactly how. Maybe it was victory in battle. Maybe it was David uh, sort of doing a 180 from his his disconsolate life, his problems, his issues, whatever they may have been. And he sees the Lord turn him around. It's a 180, and he sees the Lord as blessed, as having heard the voice of his pleas for mercy. And he turns right around in verse 7, and he praises God because of this prayer request having been answered. Bless the Lord. The Lord is my strength and my shield. Strength in battle, 
strengthen my spiritual life, the shield who covers me, the one who protects me. I suspect that none of us know what's going to happen at any one moment for any of us. We could have been in Las Vegas. We, we could be anywhere doing anything and some calamity comes upon us and we are firing up those requests with rapid fire succession. The idea is that if you make that kind of request and it is in alignment with His will and if it's according to His purpose, He will answer the voice of your pleas for mercy and you will say about Him and you will say to Him, Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be Yahweh. You're my strength and my shield. In Him, in God, my heart trusts and I am helped. I'm helped. No psychological, no physiological, no circumstantial, no legal No anything can be what prayer results in as God's will is expressed and as I see Him for who He is, my rock, my blessing, my strength, my shield, my help. And He says, I can trust a God like that. I can trust a God like that. In in Him, my heart trusts and notice what he says at the end of verse 7 my heart exalts now it doesn't say exalts it's exult what is that my heart rejoices just another word for rejoicing my heart exalts my heart trusts in him and my heart rejoices in him and with my song i give thanks to him Now that would be the joy of any music pastor's heart, right? That that the song of the Lord is on my lips and I give thanks to Him. Yes, I give thanks to Him because He's answered my prayers. He's done everything that I've wanted Him to do. And unlike the evil and the wicked, David trusts God with all his heart because God is his strength. God is his shield. And when you're struggling... When I'm struggling to see your God as the one who can provide the strength that you're lacking, when you are in a place where you need protection, go to the only one who truly, truly cares and who will faithfully answer the deep call and the deep cry of the deep recesses of your soul. This is what David's doing. You know what he's saying practically for us tonight? Trust God. Trust God. Rejoice in God. And be thankful for God. Trust God. Rejoice in God. And be thankful for God. And when you do, when you do that as the grand pattern of your life, you'll be saying, echoing exactly what David says here in verse 9. Oh, save your people and bless your heritage 
and be their shepherd and carry them forever. What a psalm. It's simple. It's simple and yet profound. And as we trust God tonight, we'll pray to this end. We'll trust Him by faith. We'll rejoice in Him for answered prayer. And we will praise Him with thankfulness for all that He's done. Profound, simple truths from the Word of God. Now, do we believe them? Do we trust that this is the God that we serve? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank You for a psalm like this. We want to praise You. We want to trust You. We want to be so thankful for You. We ask, Heavenly Lord, through Jesus Christ and by the power of the Spirit, to ask for Your blessing, Your favor, Your shield of protection, the safety of our lives and family, You being this refuge, this rock, this deliverer, our fortress. Father, if we knew all of the manifold ways that You protect us in Your grand providence, causing us to miss accidents on the freeway, saving our houses from being burned, allowing us to avoid some level of a major medical malady, giving us hope and joy, help and wonder when we see Your grand creation, giving us the small pleasures of life when we see a precious child being born and watching children skip and play, smelling flowers with a beautiful fragrance, seeing your moon and stars and rejoicing in your goodness for the salvation of lost friends and family. It could go on and on, Father. Thank You for shaping our destinies, for allowing our feet not to slip into the abyss designed for those who do not regard the works of Your hands, who do not trust You by faith, who do not rejoice in You who are not thankful for You. Thank You for Your manifold wisdom, the wisdom of Your Word. And may we pray through a psalm like this, having some prayer requests like David, whatever they may be in our individual situation, and also praising You for all that You do and all that You are.
May this be our corporate prayers tonight. Bringing our request to you and praising you for answering those that are according to your will. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.